business is changing, and new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show that brings you the innovators and trendsetters, taking us to a new age of marketing, media, and social business strategy. Welcome to Market Edge with Glenn Engler. Get ready to hear perspectives on social media and digital marketing that will help you gain insight into the unique opportunities and challenges facing marketers and thought leaders today. Now, now please welcome your host, a Fortune 500 industry figure in the marketing and communications world for more than 25 years and Chief Executive Officer of Digital Influence Group, the host of Market Edge, Glenn Engler. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Glenn Engler, CEO of Digital Influence Group, a full-service digital marketing agency that helps companies unlock the social potential of their brands and amplify its impact to drive business results. Today, I'll be talking about what's next for online video with Jay Maletsky, founder and CEO of MyPod Studios, an online video network that serves as a gated community of pre-screened, pre-qualified content across numerous categories of interest. Jay is a best-selling author of 10 globally distributed marketing, branding, and internet-related books, and is a frequent speaker at seminars and universities. An online marketing veteran with over 18 years of experience, Jay was previously the CEO and founder of Mango Marketing, developing branding strategies for a diverse set of clients, including the NBA, Hershey's, JVC, Kraft, and others. You can connect with Jay on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Jay Maletsky. That's M-I-L-E-T-S-K-Y. It's great to have you on Market Edge, Jay. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. My pleasure. So first off, for listeners that may not be as familiar with MyPod Studios, can you provide some quick background on the company? Uh, sure. Uh, MyPod is an online video network, like you mentioned. Uh, not, not too dissimilar from YouTube or another video network that might be out there, but uh, there are a few key differences that set us apart. Uh, the main difference being that there's no button on our site that allows people to just upload their own videos. Uh, we do our best to not have any, uh, any videos on our site of schoolyard fights or cats getting stuck in funny things. Uh, I think you know, YouTube is, is there for that, and, uh, and I don't know that we need too much more of that. Um, they've got every kitten imaginable there. Uh, instead, we have more of a gated community, which means that we have a panel um, of, of people that, that reside outside of our, our you know, main full-time employees, and they will look at all the content providers who wish to be part of our network. And I would say that we, we say no to 75 to 80 percent of all the content providers that come to us. Every day we get new people with videos that want to be part of my pod, and we, we typically, more often than not, will say no. Uh, once we decide that we want some, some, someone's videos on our network, we continue the policing process. Uh, we, we only give every content provider a very limited amount of space, meaning that once they, they use up that space, if they want new, new videos on their, on their page, they have to take old videos down, and that way we can make sure that we keep it fresh. And at the same time, we also try to emulate a TV model uh, by canceling programs. A lot of other networks out there uh, online will say, well, you know what, if no one's watching these videos, it doesn't cost us anything to keep them on our server, so we might as well keep them up there. And what happens is that creates a sea of, of poor quality. Um, we don't want to do that. So we'll tell a content provider, you know, listen, unfortunately, you're not getting enough views. If you can't, if you can't help us to market your, your videos better, get a, get a few more video plays on them, uh, we're going to have to cancel your videos, remove them from the server, and they simply won't be found on our network any longer. So we, we have a lot fewer videos, but everything that's there is, is worth watching. It's really interesting. So before I got a bunch of questions that that just sparked, but before I go to those, so what inspired you to build this community? 
Uh, necessity. <laughs> we um, <laughs> we actually had originally built MyPod as a as a B two B company, uh, with the idea being we had a uh, an original client that uh, that wanted us to build them a video platform so that they could put their videos uh, online and showcase them to their potential clients, but they didn't want to use YouTube for a variety of reasons. Uh, we ended up building not just uh, not just for them, but we built it to we built it to um, to license out to them, or we could license it out to other companies. And what we found was that the sales cycle was just uh, was just way too long and too many hurdles in our path. Uh, we had a very good platform. The technology was solid. And we thought to ourselves, it makes more sense to do this on a consumer-facing side. But at the same time, I, I also didn't feel like I wanted to recreate a smaller version of, of YouTube. That, that, that's, that's out there a million times already. Um, it's nothing that I was interested in, uh, in doing. I thought it would be more interesting to, to try to do something where rather than create a, a a sea of of wasted uh, content. We create something that's a lot smaller, um, but that is a lot more interesting. Uh, so you know, it's really more of a, a, a the model change was out of necessity, and the um, the difference in how other companies do it was just because you know one of the I'm a brand guy, and one of the main things about a yeah. brand is to do something that's a little more unique. It's really interesting. One of the the things that you've spoken about is. Um, a really interesting description of the difference between quality and watchability. I love that phrase. Talk more about that. Sure. I, uh, I, I'm a big fan of the term watchability over the term quality. I think, and, and what I really mean by that is that, you know, we, and we, want, we, want, we want videos on our site that are watchable. Uh, if you wake up on a Saturday or Sunday morning and you turn on the Sci-Fi Network, the, you'll, you'll see a bunch, of video, a bunch of movies on there that are just terribly produced. And they're, they're, they almost all have... Someone like a throwback from the 80s, like Jaleel White will be the, the general who is leading the charge against the prehistoric uh, octopus. And you can clearly see that besides the fact that it's awfully written, the, the actors are terrible, the octopus is some guy's hand in a, in a glove just munching away at things. Um, but it's almost like they're just trying in earnest to actually produce a, a real movie. But it's, 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 it's so bad that it, it, you just can't stop watching it. Uh, at the same time, you watch a movie like you know, The Iron Lady with Meryl Streep, Produced in you know one of the best production facilities in the in the in the country um, should be an amazing piece of uh, a film and after about thirty minutes you want to poke your eyes out with something really hot because it is so boring um, and that's not watchable it's high quality but it's not watchable so we're looking more for the we're looking more for the content that is is as good a quality as possible while still having that that watchable uh, factor to it. Okay, so the first thing is an aside, you probably burst the bubble of people that actually believe it's a real octopus, but that's okay. Um, no, it's really crystal clear. So, um, quick question, um, file under inquiring minds want to know, but as founder and CEO of this machine that you're building, um, what's a day in the life of Jay Maletsky? Uh, you know, it used to be, uh, it used to be waking up in the morning and coming to, uh, coming to work and staying at work until all ridiculous hours. Um, uh, now it's not, not quite so much that. Um, now I wake up, I come to work, I spend my day. Um, I, I've built a, a really good team of employees. I've got to say, of, uh, in all the years that I've, I've ran companies, the team that I've got now is by far um, my favorite and the hardest working and the most knowledgeable. And I, I, designate, I delegate out as much as I can to them, and I, I trust that they can do everything that we want to do. Uh, we meet on a regular basis. We go over our goals. Uh, I... Um, 
you know, I'm looking for more opportunities to, to bring other companies on board. Uh, right now, one of my main focuses is to grow by acquisition. So we're looking at yeah. smaller sites that have got some good organic traffic to bring into the fold. As long as they are somewhat video-based or yeah. able to coincide with, with our family of, uh, of, of sites, then it's, a, uh, it's something that's, that's interesting to me. Uh, and then I, I go, these days I try to be out of the office by, uh, by 6 o'clock, and I go home, and I, I play with my brand-new daughter as much as I can before she falls asleep. Yeah, that's cool. Congrats on that. Um, yeah, definitely don't miss those, those moments. Um, they go by quickly. Uh, they do. So one of the things I heard you say, which I love, is that we really have set out to create, quote, the opposite of what YouTube set out to be. You started to hint on this in terms of a gated community and a panel of folks that, that the idea of saying no to 75 to 80 percent of the content. Talk more, if you will, about the, the areas, the passion points, the programming channels, if you will, and how you guys think about um, building and constructing that content and then really amplifying it. Well, you know, we, we originally had thrown a, um, a lot of different categories on the board, and we wanted to see what, uh, you know, what stuck. And so we have, we have everything from entertainment to food and drink, um, health and fitness, sports, and I mean, you name it, we have it, uh, style and, uh, and beauty, travel, how-to, and we wanted to see what, what works. And what we found with, is that on our site, we really cater a little bit more towards a, um, a female audience, um, you know, 20 years old, and we're finding out that sports on our site doesn't really do a lot. Uh, so we're actually considering maybe even just getting rid of it altogether. Uh, yeah. we're, you know, we're always looking to mold and shape. At the same time, we're also looking to enhance the areas where uh, we are finding success. So, for example, food and drink uh, is surprisingly, and for some reason to me surprisingly, uh, one of our, our most popular categories. So we, you know, we've been looking at it. We look at how, how long people watch the videos for, and we look at the different videos they watch, and we thought, well, why not? Why not break this out a little bit and create a, a satellite site for food and drink? And we, we did, and we launched a site called SimpleDish.com. SimpleDish.com also has some videos on it, but it's mostly a, an article-based site where people can go on and get articles related to food and drink and a lot of recipes. And it's gained a lot of traction very quickly. We have some interlinking back and forth. And what we're looking to do over the next six months is to create more of an opportunity where those sites can link together. So if on MyPod Studios, and you're watching a video of someone cooking a chicken parm, we'll also have links to say, hey, listen, if you're interested in this, mm. why don't you check out a few recipes for chicken parm on simpledish.com. And we'll start, we'll start creating a universe where we're not just videos and we're not just articles, but we are a, a, a resource for information of all sites, of all, of all sorts. Makes perfect sense to think of those categories of interest, and you obviously have analytics underneath to figure out who's watching what and how it's sticking. And you hinted that you're spending more time with partners on the outside. How do you think about this intersection of consumers as users and partners as content providers and advertisers? How do you think of the marketing mix circling around um, uh, MyPod Studios? Well, you know, right now we um – we're, I mean, I'll be honest with you. We are. I, I find us to be very over monetized. We have way too many ads on our network, and it's it's something that uh, you know we did out of necessity. We are um, we're not a company that never interested in taking a lot of VC money. We have VCs that come to us uh, offering us you know all sorts of ridiculous amounts of money, and I've never wanted to take that path. I'd rather we take the path of um, being lean and mean and spending what we have, uh, and that means unfortunately it means for for a short period of time. Having to having to work off the revenue that we get from being a little over over monetized. Yep. Uh, that being said, we are 
you know, our goal for 2013 is to reduce the amount of advertising on our site right now. Um, by the end of this year, we want to cut the, the amount of advertising in half by establishing better relationships with larger brands, larger agencies, uh, and really getting more into the whole branded content area. We'll always have We'll always have pre-rolls on to some extent. We really want to, we really want to reduce that. We want to look, we want to be a place more for, uh, branded content where people, video viewers can come onto the site and watch a video that a, a brand is paying for. The brand is getting the benefit from it. The viewer is getting the benefit from it. Pre-roll. And there's a lot more value overall for everybody in, in, involved. So that's, that's kind of the next step that we want to take right now. Got it. Makes sense. So give an example, um, named or not, of uh, how a brand is using you guys and really connecting to the obviously passionate target audience that you have. Well, right now we're really doing it mostly through uh, through pre-rolls, page takeovers, uh, display ads. We want to move away from that. Again, I think we'll, we'll, we'll always have that. But one of the um, – I'll give you an example of – and I'm going to give you a, um, a fake example of a of a real a real client that we're actually going after. We we would we, we, since we would be doing since we actually house ourselves in a green screen studio in Manhattan. We have the uh, we have 24 hour uh, access to to amazing production facilities and resources. We're able to really step into that branded content area uh, in full force. So we could be we could produce a a series, let's say called 90 Second Savings. Mm-hmm. Have a financial guru uh, in front of the camera on the green screen. We'll put some sort of a, a, a backdrop behind her, where she'd be talking in two, ten episodes of ninety seconds each. Here are sensible ways for you, the consumer, to save money towards a house, towards your kid's education, whatever it might be. And it could be the simplest things, such as the, the, the old cliche of cliche of instead of having Starbucks at four bucks a day once a day, uh, make coffee at home and you'll save yourself three thousand dollars a year over twenty years or sixty grand, whatever it is. Yep. And that would be 90-second savings presented by XYZ Bank. Yep. And the episodes themselves would never say, to, to really save money, going to your local XYZ branch. We would never do that. It's much more of a soft branding thing. We would, we would bring the brand to the table. They would have a chance to help us write the scripts. So three or four out of ten episodes, we would make sure those scripts were talking about their touch points for their marketing. Uh, and they would have the presented by um, line. They would have the, the display space around, the page takeover. But it's a very soft branding kind of thing. Right. Really interesting. Really interesting. Okay, I got a bunch of other questions, but right now we're going to take a very short commercial break. Please stand by, and I'll be right back with Jay Maletsky and more of the conversation. Market Edge will return in just a moment. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. If you're like most digital marketers, you've probably got conversion rate optimization at the top of your list of priorities for 2013. Conversion rate optimization is one of the most effective ways to increase revenue and grow profits. You can master your website conversion optimization skills at Conversion Conference San Francisco 2013. 
Conversion Conference San Francisco 2013 is the only digital marketing conference entirely focused on getting more web visitors through your conversion funnel. Learn how to create persuasive content, design landing pages that trigger your visitors to action, and convert blog readers into customers. Conversion Conference San Francisco 2013, April 15th to the 17th, is quickly selling out. Register with discount code WMFM for $100 off your registration. Sign up today for Conversion Conference San Francisco 2013 at conversionconference.com. That's conversionconference.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. We're back with more Market Edge, bringing you the best and brightest voices in digital marketing, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Glenn Engler. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Glenn Engler, and I'm here today with Jay Maletsky, founder and CEO of MyPod Studios, talking about what's next for online video. Okay, so we just talked about uh, content and bringing branded content together and advertisers and marketers. Um, question for you. With Facebook deciding to add more and more filters and redo the news feeds from what we've seen and give a lot more real estate to sight, sound, and motion and multimedia, like the Instagram photos, how do you see this increasing emphasis on visual storytelling impacting brand marketers and how they evolve their content over the next, say, 12 months? Well, you know, that's, that's a great question. And I, I see a lot of changes going on in, in the social realm. One of, one of the changes that I've seen, I've been in, involved in social media marketing for a lot of years. In fact, actually, one of the reasons why I got into my pod at all was because um, in my agency, we, were doing, we, we had changed over from doing a lot of traditional marketing into, uh, into doing social media marketing. And quite honestly, I find social media marketing to be so mind-numbingly dull, I couldn't see myself building a career around <laughs> it any longer. Uh, so I had to get into something else. Now, obviously, we use uh, social media to a great extent. Well, you know, what we find is, it's not so much the changes to to Facebook's news feeds and and the Instagram things and all that. You know, a lot of the stuff with Instagram and and whatever else. We we kind of reserve judgment to see what's really going to stick. Uh, in my mind, you know, I, I have a hard time seeing Instagram still continuing its growth. Uh, I mean, how, there's only so many sepia tone pictures that people can take. I don't know. I will see. I could be just a um, a ridiculous pessimist. I, what I see is what I see as the main driver here is in terms of online storytelling and, and reach is consumers on on these these sites, um, particularly on Facebook. For example, you know it used to be where uh, in the early in the earlier days, if I want if I created a Facebook fan page and I wanted to uh, quickly populate it, I could send a, an invitation out to my thousand friends. On Facebook, and I could expect that I would get a 60 to 65 percent return, where most of them, most of them would come in and, and click like because I asked them to. 
Now, if I did the same thing, I could expect a maybe one percent return. People don't want to just start. Click, don't, they don't want to just like a brand unless they actually genuinely like the brand. At the same time, there's also while, while people do interact with brands, there's also a um, we're noticing a very uh, deliberate. It's deliberate. It seems um, resistance towards sharing things that brands have. We spend a lot of time. We, we've had uh, you know my marketing team internally over the last few months. We spent a lot of time just doing nothing but looking through um, our Facebook news feeds. And what we're seeing is that people are not sharing things as often that are coming from a brand, but rather send things from a ridiculously named fan page, which is not doesn't make them seem as though they are. Um, they are just being a pawn to to huh. corporate mentality. You know, for example, um, if if Walmart, for example, is having a sale on vacuum cleaners, right? I haven't seen yet where a friend of mine would share a would share a post from Walmart showing a sale on vacuum cleaners because they would look like a cheap idiot. But at the same time, that same person, those, those friends would be more than happy to share that same sale on that same vacuum cleaner if it came from a page called. I'm I'm a I'm a, I'm cheap and I like myself that way. <laughs> and there's a lot of pages. If you start looking, there's a lot of pages that way. There's a really page called I I hate my ex and I hope they get run over. And and that that page has, has a million and a half likes. And every now and then something will pop up that is a little more brand related, and people will share it because it comes from a page that is not so clearly a branded. So we're looking at how do we use that? The fact that people don't really want to. Um, People, in fact, people don't really want to be pawns of a of corporations. So we have, for example, our Simple Dish uh, fan page. We have we have some pretty good traction on it. But when someone shares it, it says Simple Dish, and it's clearly from a brand. So we're also starting a, a separate page called I Eat Healthy, and yes, that makes me better than you. And four out of five of the posts will be just general eating healthy stuff that don't come back to our brand. One out of five will be more brand related, and we think that we'll be able to gain more traction because it's not so much how Facebook is handling their content; it's more of the, the, the real question is how are our consumers uh, wanting to see themselves presented and represented on these networks? It's really interesting this notion of uh, what people are willing to share: um, good, the bad, the other. I love the idea of the concept of you know sales. Am I shilling for them? Then you see stories of, for example. You know JetBlue and what they did through um, the whole Newtown uh, tra tragedy. Yeah, twenty thousand people, two hundred thousand people liking, twenty thousand people sharing that story, and uh, very different from um, you know, hey, it's four dollars off at this store. Really, really exactly. interesting. Yep. Um, so, what's your perspective? You guys obviously, and you have a lot of experience with companies and content that they create, video, what's your perspective on brands taking TV commercials and uh, putting them on the web or social channels? You know, I, um, you know, at some point you can't fight City Hall any longer. Um, I, I really am of the opinion that these things shouldn't be as big a deal as, uh, as, as everyone's making them be. In, in, in other words, you know, people will, you'll hear consumers complain quite a bit about having to watch a pre-roll. And my take has always been, and, and honestly still is, that if, you're, if the biggest problem that you're having in your life is that you can't sit through a third commercial for Febreze before you watch your stupid video of a cat getting stuck in a bottle, then your, your life is, doing, is going okay. You don't have that much to complain about. Sit through the 30-second ad and survive. But, like I said, you can't fight City Hall forever. The fact of the matter is that people don't want to watch these 30-second pre-rolls. And I personally understand that they are frustrating. I, I, I personally think that a mistake that is, is made online 
are these um, these countdowns um, where it will show you know, your ad will end in and you'll see a countdown from 30 seconds to zero. Uh, I feel like that makes you feel more anxious. Um, it, it makes you feel like we find that the ads that don't have those, and while we get some of our ads from these ad exchanges, and we don't have a we don't have a say in whether or not those countdowns are on. The, the ads that don't have the countdown, uh, we have a much higher viewability rate. We, we'll see we'll see viewers go straight through the whole thing. Uh, a lot more frequently than we'll see them go through them when we have those, those countdowns. Those countdowns, I think, create a certain angst. Um, That's really interesting. So, I, you know, I think that um, I think that unfortunately, a lot of brands are, well, they, they put so much into the production of these these TV commercials that they uh, you know they don't want to produce something brand new for for the web. So they look at the web and and online video marketing as a second cousin to TV yeah. marketing. Okay, here's our video. Here's our, our TV commercial. We've already spent the money to produce it. Just put it on whatever sites you want to put it on as pre-rolls. Whatever we get out of it, we get out of it. I think it's the wrong um, track to take, and I'm hoping that more brands will start to realize that. To me, doing that is, is not taking advantage of of the medium. Um, for example, if you are a brand that does mostly print advertising, and then you decide to jump in and do a TV commercial, if you just rip your your print ad out of a magazine and you hold it up in front of the camera for 30 seconds. You're not really. You're, you're, you're technically you're doing a TV commercial, but you're not taking advantage of the medium. Yep. TV, TV as a medium allows you to tell a story. Well, taking your TV ad and putting it online is again not taking advantage of the medium. The, the, the advantage of, of online is it allows for that interaction, allows for people to engage with you. And what could be brand in terms of advertising than for someone to click on on your logo? I mean, there's there's there, that's, that's an amazing um, an amazing benefit that the web gives you that no other medium can give. Yeah. So I'm hoping that brands will start to realize maybe just repurposing our 30-second spot for online is not really the way to go, but the, a better way to go is to actually look at, at online advertising as an element all of itself and, and create something specifically for that. It's, gr it's a great point and a uh, great example of the print ad, and I, um, I will – um, I'll credit you, but I, I must say that it's so good I may steal that one. Um, <laughs> so you get – you experience a lot of brands you've you've um, been in this industry for a while who's who's a brand that's doing it right that you just really admire in terms of uh, online online yeah that, you know, thinking about video and you know who's who's somebody you you admire for their innovation big brand small brand um, whomever I mean, honestly, I, I, um, I, I do you know, and people I think some people um, think I do this incorrectly but I, I don't pay attention to uh, what else is out there I, if someone asks me other Video networks. I can name besides YouTube. I can name maybe maybe two or three. I, I don't know who our competitors are. I, I don't know um, what brands are are really doing in terms of uh, how they're handling. How about their, the, uh, their how about like networks? how about like advertisers? Um, you know, you mentioned a Walmart as the example. Some ah. of the big those big brands um, advertisers. Who do you think is approaching video correctly online? You know, what, I just I recently saw a I recently shared uh, with somebody here a. Um, uh, branded content piece that I, I really liked quite a bit. Uh, it's for Jaguar, and it was a. They actually had done. It's a 15-minute uh, piece where it's, it's basically a small movie, uh, mm. and it and you know, the Jaguar was not necessarily the star of the show, but it was it was in the episode. It was it was a, it's a whole like kind of intrigue and chase and um, you know good guy thing uh, where Jaguar is, is part of it, almost playing off of of the launch of you know the BMW Z3 and the yeah, uh, right. that, that James Bond movie. And they actually had the, the movie. Apparently, is going to be so good. They've had a a one and a half minute trailer to get people excited for what ultimately is a fifteen minute commercial. 
Mm. You know, and I think that kind of thing is um, is great. They're 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 approaching it the right way. They're approaching um, branded content in a in a very very smart way, where they're saying, hey, we're going to use video uh, very specifically to present our, our our product, but to keep you entertained at the same time. Not to say, here are the benefits of the product. Now here's where to buy it. Right, right. They're very good at, and Jaguar's always been great at bringing the brand to life through stories. And they, yep. many of the vehicle you mentioned, BMW, just really good at using that. That's great. Great example. There's also, like, if I can give one more, there's also sure. one of the best performing ads on our site uh, was, I'm not sure if you remember, but uh, a while back there was a Twitch commercial on TV where someone would, uh, okay, a kid would be at a party and be talking to a girl and he would say something stupid and the, 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 the commercial would stop and he would have a chance to think about it while he's eating a Twix and then he was able to kind of fix whatever yeah. mistake he had made. Yep. Well, on, on, they had the same commercials running on our site. However, the difference was that when just before the kid would say something wrong, um, the, the commercial would stop and it would ask the audience, what should he say? Do you want him to say A or do you want him to say B? And people yeah, got to choose. And then it went to whatever option he wanted. And people were really engaged with this. We saw... We saw click-through rates and engagement uh, to such numbers that we actually had to go back and make sure that the servers were working right because it didn't seem like it was possible. But we had that we people were really seeming to like that. They were they were enjoying themselves. That's what I mean by you can grab people and make them part of the brand and make them click things and engage them a little bit more. Yeah, really good. So a couple last questions. Uh, in a recent interview, you talked about, I think the quote was that um, Obama will be a boon for the online video industry. Um, what was your thinking behind that? Well, you know, the idea behind that is that, uh, you know, whether or not you're a, a Obama fan or not, um, and I'm, I'm happy to go on record as saying I'm not, um, in terms of, 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 you know, his success for the country. Uh, yeah. His success for, for our industry is actually, I think, going to be pretty good. What's going to happen is, you know, the one thing that I think um, is very clear to anybody on, on either side is that, uh, you know, he's not someone who is going to bring people from both sides of the aisle together. Uh, there's there are these constantly ongoing budget talks and negotiations that never seem to really get anywhere. Uh, they're pushed off a little bit longer, pushed off a little bit longer. Ultimately, what's going to happen is that just creates this type of um, of uncertainty in the market, uh, along with the fact that he clearly wants higher corporate taxes, which some of them have already gone into effect, like the capital gains tax and other things. So corporations, what they're going to start to do is they're going to start to pull back on their budgets. They're not going to have as much to spend. They're going to want to keep more money in the bank, and they're going to they're going to slash certain budgets. In my experience, uh, you know, having been for a few decades now, a couple decades now, there's uh, when the, one of the first budgets that gets that gets slashed is the marketing budget. Mm. Now, so now you've got marketers who will have less money to spend. Combine that with the fact that last year TV saw an average of seven percent increase in the prices for the thirty-second spots, and marketing directors are going to say to themselves, "Well, geez, you know, I've got less money to spend. TV's more expensive. I still need to have exposure." Part of you know, part of, of a marketing director's job is not just to reach out to, to their potential market, but it's also to maintain their own job security. They want right. to see large numbers so they can, so their CEOs can say, okay, you can continue working. Yep. Um, you know, that's, how, that's as, as an agency, that's also part of your job is to secure the job of the guy who hired you. Right. Uh, I think ultimately what they're going to do is they're going to say, well, I can get a lot more impressions and a lot more visibility uh, for a lot less money by, by pushing my ads online. We might not see a, a big increase in the amount spent on production, so we might see the same ads being regurgitated that we saw last year. But I mean, we're at my point, we're already seeing a huge influx of ads available to us. Really interesting. Makes lots of sense. 
Yeah, really interesting. All right, so just before I let you go, one of the things I like to do with the guests on Market Edge is I do a speed round, and what that is is I'm going to toss out some technologies or trends, high level, you'll know, you'll know what they are, and just really quick, the one word or one or two words that come to mind when I toss them out there, okay? Okay, no pressure. All right, so let's start with daily deals like Groupon or Living Social. I think they're silly. I think... I mean, it's silly, and I think any company, unless you are absolutely desperate for work, uh, I would tell any, any uh, business owner, stay away from them. Okay. How about uh, mobile commerce? Uh, I still reserve judgment on it. Uh, I haven't bought any. I buy a lot of things online. I haven't bought anything on my phone yet because it's kind of a pain, but uh, so I, reserve, I still reserve a little judgment to see where it goes. Okay. How about the uh, five, seven, ten-second video apps like a Tout or a Snapchat or something like that? Uh, once again, um, you know, I, I can't predict on where it's going to go, but I, it's one of the things I hope really takes off. I'm really hoping that uh, that Vine and, uh, and these type of things will um, will take off because it could pull down the amount of time spent uh, for pre-rolls. If we can get pre-rolls down to 15 seconds, 7 seconds, 5 seconds, that'd be great. Got it. Good one. Okay, and last one um, for fun is QR codes. Um, uh, I hate them. I really do. I, they're there. I guess people use them. I, I really haven't seen any numbers of uh, statistics of how many people use them, but uh, I don't know. To me, they're just they're ugly and uh, obstructive, and uh, I hope they go away. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Jay, for being my guest today, and thanks to everyone in the audience for listening to today's conversation. If you have any questions or would like to talk further about the topic of today's show, feel free to connect with me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Glenn Engler or on my blog at www.glennengler.com. Visit www.webmasterradio.fm at 12 noon Eastern time on Tuesdays to tune into episodes of Market Edge. For Market Edge, this is Glenn Engler. Until next time, I'm out. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.